It's time. It's time. It's time. to wake up. DJ Angela Yee and Charlemagne the God. The, the Breakfast Club, bitches. <laughs> the voice of the culture. People watch The Breakfast Club for like news and really be tuned in. It's one of my favorite shows to do just because y'all always keep it 100, y'all keep it real. They might not watch the news, but they're on Twitter. They're on Facebook. They're, you know, they're listening to The Breakfast, the Breakfast Club. Club. Get your ass up. Wake up, wake up. Wake your ass up. This is your time to get it off your chest. Whether you're mad or blessed, we want to hear from you on The Breakfast Club. Hello, who's this? Tanisha from Norfolk. Hey, Tanisha, get it off your chest. Um, I'm blessed this morning because every day I wake up to go to my job and I can take care of my two babies. So I'm blessed this morning. Congratulations, baby. Thank you. I love y'all so much. I watch y'all every, I mean, let's see y'all every morning on my way to work. We love you, hey, too. Hey, thank you for having no taste. Hello, who's this? This is EJ. Hey, get it off your chest. Well, I just want to say that I'm thankful. Today, um, I had been in and out of the nursing homes three times because I couldn't walk. I'm at my house now. I'm walking and I'm helping my family. And I am thankful. Okay, well, congratulations. That is truly a blessing. I I feel gratitude this morning. There's a lot of people thankful this morning. I like when gratitude is the attitude. Hello, who's this? Hi, how y'all doing today? This is T. Mattis, T-E-E-M-A-D-I-S. I I got something to get off my chest. Go ahead, bro. I'm not mad or blessed today. Okay, waiting on you. Yeah, my thing to get off my chest is two years ago when I was in New York, I hollered at Angelique's homegirl, and she told me, ew, to my face. It was all good. I didn't mind it. I thought I kept foot. But I will tell you this. I made an observation of you three collectively. Every morning you guys come off with some type of sexual innuendo off of another topic you were talking about. You guys say no stuff like that. No, Nobody we don't. says that ever. We don't play no. We oh, grown yeah, men. We don't do that. Especially you two, Charlemagne and DJ Envy. Good morning, everybody. Hi, Angela. You. I don't it, think so. I don't think me and Charlemagne. Me and Charlemagne. Never never we let the this oh, openly yes, you fly. Do. You guys party around that hole joke all day, every day. And I will say this. <laughs> we play around the rim, above the rim, baby. Above the rim. <laughs> but check it out, though. But check it out, though. As a collective, if you have taken any psychology courses and you study. Throughout your, the course of your life, you guys either suffer from one or two things: either you all are homophobic, or you're curious. What do you think it is? Yeah, from your assessment, chocolate. I don't need that situation to y'all. Um, I don't know. Bye. I'm gonna ponder that one. I have never thought about it. Under- I never thought about it. Like I always tell y'all, man, there's nothing a man has told me yet to finesse me out my boxing briefs. All right? <laughs> Not so, yet. But it know. could happen. Yeah, I mean, I know. I ain't. I'm married. No, okay. But <laughs> if just, he wasn't married. If I wasn't married, I ain't thinking about it. I just you know can't get over the fact that my friend told him, ew. But why is there no gray area, though? Why we got to be either homophobic or gay? I don't know. Why can't we just be having some fun? I love me. I love a good racist joke. And I love a good gay joke. Whoa. All right. See what you mean? Whoa. It's not whoa. A good racist joke. Whoa. Yes, I love a good I love a good joke about race, and I love a good joke about gayness. Well, keep your fingers away from me, because I don't like that type of fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's not your idea of a good time. That's not my <laughs> idea of a good time, all right? Get it off your chest. 800-585-1051. If you're upset, you need to vent. Hit us up now. It's the Breakfast Club. Good morning. Hello, who's this? Yo, this is Bar Sheen, man, coming out of uh, Charleston, man. I'm out here in the morning, heading out. Yo, 843, what's happening? I need you to slow down. You sound like you had a lot of pork this morning. Calm down, man. Hey, yo, DJ Envy and, and, and uh, Angelique, this is a true story. I kid you not. I'm coming out of the joint. I was talking to a cat, and he hooked me up with Charlemagne the God, and Charlemagne talked to me. Before he got that platform, he didn't have no money or nothing. 
and he was dead broke. That's and he true. was amazed at the story. Soon as he got that platform, this is the green-eyed genie, the creator of hip-hop. All pioneers know it. And now everybody, they doing a movie on me. And here Charlamagne didn't have no money. Y'all didn't even know him, DJ Envy and Angela Lee. He so? didn't have no money or none of that. Soon so? as he got that platform, Goldie's my man, Charlamagne. Your best friend, Goldie, nigga. He put you on the phone with me when I was driving the trolley bus in Charleston, doing the million dollar wedding, taking everybody to the plantation that was coming from all over the country. And you talked to me for about 30 minutes. And I told you I was the creator. You didn't have no money. You was dead broke. Soon as you got that platform, <laughs> like many black people do, you flip, got a book deal, move your family out of there. Now you're over in Jersey. Goldie, me and Goldie talk about you all the time. He, he works in Jersey, best though. He, well, he, he works in New York. He works in New and I, then me and Ben Bonner driving around in the van with Grand Wizard Theodore in shootouts, 1975, 1976, 77, 78. I'm in the martial arts tearing the out the frame. 35 years in the martial arts. And we over here, I'm bringing this culture to all the five bubbles. Nobody knew no hip hop knew of nothing. You come out the country of some March corner, first living in, in Charleston. Charleston, all of that back then was all bummy and dirty. Now you get a platform, you don't know the history, you don't know the life, but you know what's about it? It's millions just like you, Charlamagne. So I'm not going to even hate on you right now. You go on I don't YouTube. know. I don't. I, I, I sound like hate to me, that, sir. I don't know what you're talking about. Well, listen, uh, Goldie is my calling. guy. Uh, that's not my best yeah, friend, yeah. but that's my guy. And number two, I don't understand your point. Yeah, I was broke at one point yeah, in my life. Dead, broken, and people dead. come up. I don't understand what your point is. I, 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 don't, I, I don't get it. I, 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 don't, I don't. Like you spoke to me back understand. in the day, and then now what? You spoke I, to him for 30 minutes. And <laughs> I thought that was pretty good. You know, you from South Carolina. You was broke. You got a job in New York. You work in New I don't, York. I don't see the problem. I, I mean, sound like a great come up story to me. <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I, I, I was proud of you. I mean, hey, salute to my dude, Gold, Golden Eyes. Though I still talk to Goldie. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I mean, if your family was you. in South Carolina, that'd be a long drive every morning from South I Carolina. Do, I, do, I don't get the point of the whole story he just told us. Goldie you about now, to but, be like, why you put me in it? But good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Goodness gracious, he was mad. Hello, who's this? Hey man, it's Davey Ruffin again, man. I'm back. I'm trying to redeem myself. I'm how you doing this morning? I'm blessed. How y'all doing? Redeem yourself for what? It's been a weird morning, but what's up, bro? I'm all right, man. I've been on, you know, I got on two days ago. You know, I'm just an overcomer comedian. But what I really wanted to get off my chest is why at 6 in the morning, so certain people, I think they forgot about hygiene. You see what I'm saying? There's no reason at 6 in the morning you feel like the back of a trash truck and the shift just started. You nah. <laughs> damn right. Hey, but if you do garbage, though, if you're a garbage person, it stays in your pores, though. Come on Sanitation work. It might have been good. It might have been trash from the day before. And to the guy that called uh, right before this, it's Angela Yee. He kept saying Angela Lee. It's Angela Everyone Yee. Everyone does that. The man yeah. is clearly eating pork early in the morning, man. Don't tell And I that. just want to say, sometimes people smell because of their clothes. You ever notice that? Sometimes people, if you shower and you put on dirty clothes or old that dirty coat, you're still going to smell. So make sure you wash your clothes or you too. don't use or if you use cheap detergent sometimes cheap detergent don't work that's why you gotta febreze everything okay <laughs> get it off your chest 800 you ain't broke no more Solomon. you ain't gotta febreze everything no I'm more always, I'm, a, listen, you, I'm gonna always live like I'm broke okay? you ain't gotta febreze just, <laughs> just get some, just get some I detergent I just wasn't sure what he wanted like nobody he, I don't know I don't know The Breakfast Club Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are the Breakfast Club. We got a special guest in the building. My partner, Bakari Sellers. What's going Welcome on, fellas? Back, no, I'm glad to be back. Thank you guys for having me so much. How do we introduce Bakari nowadays? Is it <laughs> CNN, political CNN. pundit? 
political commentator, okay. re- put in retirement politician. Just cool guy. You come, you're not a retired what politician. Retirement. And I got put into retirement. I guess I lost my last election. That don't mean nothing. I'm getting back out there one day soon. You know, you know when Hillary, we had Hillary up here. Hillary said, um, "I would love to see." Well, she was first. We was talking about Steve Benjamin, our man, yeah. Columbus, South Carolina, and then she was like, "Start talking about you." And I said, "I wish Bukari would get back into politics." She said, "Me too." I'm getting Could back you tell in soon. That? I'm getting back in there soon. That interview was dope, though. Congratulations mm-hmm. on landing that Hillary Clinton interview. They almost didn't do it because of. Charlotte, Yeah, we heard. We heard. Bakari, you know Bakari set that whole interview up. Thank, thank you. You know, I'm sorry about it. I think he gave a donkey one time. He no, his his tweets, they went back <laughs> They went back to tweets from like four years ago. And they, they I got a phone call the next, the, the morning before the interview. And they were like, Bakari, this is all on you. If this goes bad. This is all on you. Were you nervous at all? I was, I was nervous, but I had talked. Charlemagne, I know they had y'all at some clandestine site out there, and I was like, y'all are good. It, it turned out really well. Though. It was good. You remember Remember we had the Scout app? Yes, the Scout app. I had a video on the Scout app where I had a Hillary Clinton mask, and I was humping at me. Oh, yeah, that had to come down first. <laughs> people don't know. I mean, I they tell people. They sent all of that. Oh, yeah. I, I was texting him like, man, take this down. And this. <laughs> And this one morning, the whole time, and this. How did they find that? Because what? Oh, Hillary Clinton, right? <laughs> it's Hillary Clinton running for president. Yeah, they find all of that. Jeez. But you know, now, I mean, I came on here in 2014. You had uh, the mayor of Newark. You got Andrew Gillum. You had Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders. Jeff now- Holder. I mean, Eric Holder. I was like, God damn. Jeff? <laughs> Eric Holder, Kamala Harris. Com- yeah. So now this Kamala. is Kamala this is the place. This is the place to come. Everybody who's running for office, white, black, or otherwise, needs to come by here. So. Andrew Cuomo, mm-hmm. Cynthia Nixon, they both need to make a stop by here. A lot of people that came in and lost, though. I ain't gonna lie, though. That's not true. That is messing with you. <laughs> it's, it's now, now, why Bernie. did you lose, Bakari? What happened? No, I mean, I ran against uh, somebody who had been running for office since 1984, the same year I was born. Mm-hmm. Um, South Carolina is still a very Republican state. And, you know, I think I could have run a campaign, but I also think that the state wasn't ready to have a black elected statewide official that was a Democrat, because Tim Scott did win. Um, but just not espousing the values that I did. You know, we we talked about taking the Confederate flag down in 2014 before it was popular. Mm-hmm. You know, people were giving us death threats and threatening messages about doing it. Um, and so I, I don't think the state was ready. I think it's getting there. Um, but I was happy to be a part of it. I had been in elected office for 10 years. So now it's, you get a chance to take a step back and realize you weren't as important as you thought you were. Which mm-hmm. is ironic that, uh, you know, you was getting death threats for trying to get the flag down because it took death to get the flag down. I mean, I, that's why, you know, when I bring it to bring it kind of forward to uh, Childish Gambino's video, like this is America. One of those scenes in there when they gun down in oh, the church. That's what I said. And then you see the you see the paranoia and the mass paranoia afterwards. I mean, it just took me back to another place. I mean, I hadn't cried so much. Um, in a very, very long time. And, you know, talking about an upcoming book you got, you know, my anxiety just went through the mm-hmm. roof um, after that because you lost a friend. We, One of my good friends, uh, Clem Pinckney, was the preacher in that church. He actually made it. He was the only person who made it alive from the church to uh, the hospital, and he died at the hospital. His wife was in the church. His daughter was in the church. He invited uh, Dylan Roof into the church, and he actually had Dylan Roof sit right by him doing Bible study. Um, and he was killed because of the color of his skin. So we still got a long way to go. But, uh, yeah, that was a part of our campaign, and, and, and it just didn't work. But mm. maybe you laid the groundwork for others to run. I saw you enjoying the Childish Gambino video. You uh, actually commented Kanye who? Yeah. So, the- <laughs> I, But in 2014, I told y'all right here in this seat about Kanye West. You know, you asked me about Kanye West kind of re-transfiguring uh, the Confederate flag, and I said you can't do that to something that has so much pain and oppression tied to it. And there's not a political statement that Kanye can make. And the problem, there, there are a couple of problems with, with, with Kanye West as he stands today. The first is we look at Kanye West politically through the lens of George Bush hates black folk. Right? Yes. 
That's the only thing that Kanye West at that point politically has actually gotten right. Everything from that point forward has been a misstep. So that that's first. And second, you look at somebody, I think that uh, Ta-Nehisi Coach just wrote it. Um, oh, that was a great article. Oh, it was a, it was amazing. Oh, it was I had to read article. it four times. You know, article. I'm not black, I'm Kanye, right? Mm-hmm. And Kanye is looking for this white adulation. He's made himself, uh, right now, he is, he is the mascot for white supremacy. I mean, anytime Donald Trump goes on stage and touts you, um, but Flint still doesn't have water, there are hundreds of thousands of meat meals in the United States of America. Mm-hmm. Um, you see the, the, the instances of police brutality. It still takes 225 years if we were to make wealth equal between whites and blacks today. It would take 225 years for African Americans to catch up. You have systems of oppression and injustice. You're punished because of the zip code you're born into. And that's just talking about black folk. We haven't even talked about our Muslim brothers and sisters who are being oppressed every single day. We haven't even talked about dreamers who are in this country who don't know if they're going to be ripped away from their family. Um, so... Hispanic, gay. I mean, there's so many vulnerable communities that Kanye West apparently doesn't give a damn about, mm-hmm. right? And the fact that he's not able, he's a grown man and he's not able to see that or not willing to learn about it, um, other than that Google image he put up. Well, that that's, that is the problem. He just doesn't know. No, Kanye West is what happens when <laughs> don't read. <laughs> Seriously, I mean, and he's proud of it. Like anti-intellectualism is not cool. Mm-hmm. Like not reading, not searching out your environment. I mean, Kanye West literally said, "You know, I don't read. I don't read books like that." You know, and to not be in a state of rage because of the environment around you, yeah. So I said Kanye who because there's so many people who are replacing him. I mean, you, you think about the the coolest part of that of that video. Um, and I know T. Grizzly was in here earlier, and I think, you know, I was able to talk to him a little bit, and he actually grasped it. But the coolest part about that video is the young kids that follow um, Childish Gambino throughout. Mm-hmm. Because what it shows is that the youth are always following you. They're watching your mm-hmm. every move. They're right. watching your every step. And we just have, um, you know, thank God for J. Cole and Kendrick and all of these other people. And, you know, there, there's a role, I guess, for Takashi and... I don't even know half their other names. There's Not no really, but okay. I mean, there's a place for them. I mean, but but we have to get to a point where we can be more conscious. Do you think it's one of those things where he made too much money and just doesn't see see himself as us anymore? I don't know. I think that he looks for acceptance from other people. Mm. I know that he's struggling with the death of his his mother. I know that being in Calabasas can change your world. Opioid addiction is real. All those things that Kanye West are going through are really real. But I I can't make an excuse for him being a part of the oppressor's team, right? I, there, there's no excuse uh, for that. But to this conversation we were just having, um, one of the things that I'm, that I'm talking about, I'm working with a group, out of, a group of young black men out of Charlotte called Melanin Money, is the fact that we don't have, in our communities, we don't have wealth. You know, when you talk about the fact that African-Americans don't have generate, we know a lot of rich people, mm-hmm. but we know very, very few wealthy people. Well, this the, I think this is the first generation of black wealth. We're still making our money. So, for example, you look at the purchase of the Carolina Panthers, right? Mm-hmm. For example, you have to be able to put up $800 million in cash, mm-hmm. in cash to mm-hmm. buy that team. It's a $2.5, $3 billion deal. What African-American you know can put up $800 million in cash? It's coming. And still be able to live and mm-hmm. still be able to have a business and flourish. I mean, you have to take Maybe a- Maybe Oprah? Nah. You don't think so? Nah. Cash? She, I mean, her her net worth is like three billion. He said cash, liquid though. That's what I'm saying. So mm-hmm. liquid, I would give her at least a little over but a billion. That would then be all her cash. That's true. So I mean, that, that's what I'm talking about. You would have to take Puff and Oprah and this person and LeBron and this person and that person, whereas you have people in this country who can just write that check. Right. And so we still we still have to work to get there and make sure 
that we're investing in doing all of those things proper and doing all those things right. It's, it's coming, though. I mean, they, they got a 400-year head start. I mean, this is like the first generation of oh, black like, Oh, I'm not blaming us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, they, they mm-hmm. definitely got a head start, but I'm running that race now as well. All right, we got more with Bakari Sellers when we come back. Don't go anywhere. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Good morning, everybody. It's DJ MV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now we have Bakari Sellers in the building. I was talking to my daughter about this uh, just yesterday, and I was talking about legacy and what I want to leave. I was telling her why. That's kind of morbid. Yeah, why? You know, no, but not not, <laughs> not as in, in dying, but but yeah, as in dying as well. Like I said, I want to create something where they can have something for themselves. And these are the conversations my dad didn't have with me and my mom didn't have with me, but I'm having with my kids. And they're understanding it more. They're understanding the value of a dollar. They understand why I do certain things and invest in certain things and pull money out of certain things. So they're getting it early. So we're putting it in their heads a lot earlier than, than we were. That's true. And, you know, my father... We're from Denmark, South Carolina. We got three stoplights and a blinking light. And y'all remember when they used to mail you credit cards? Mm-hmm. My father would take those credit cards and cut those up in front of us right now. And so I didn't learn about credit mm. because my father was always under the belief that if you don't have it, you shouldn't spend it. Mm. You shouldn't buy with something you don't have. Right. So he never had an overdraft. You know, he never had a credit card. He would just cut them up in front of us. So those are things that I had to learn. And, and you know, thank God I, I have a, a co-parenting system with, uh, my wife and uh, my, my daughter's father is Vince Carter. And so we have a co-parenting, a, a new blended family. And we're able to teach her at 12 years old, you know, what it means to save, what it means to have credit and those type things. Vince and put, Carter, Vince Carter? You didn't know this? No. And you guys are friends? I think I, I don't remember this. We speak one. all the time? We don't speak all. We co-parent. I mean, he's a good dude. He's mm-hmm. a, I mean, he's, let me tell you something. And then that we can move on. But Vince Carter is an amazing father. And so... He's an amazing father to Kai, and, and I get a chance to, to learn how to be a father to Kai. And so she just has a huge network. And so— uh, Has he still got money? Vince? Yeah. Vince is a— He Vince played last a, year in the I'm league. just making sure the child support payment's coming on time, okay? <laughs> all right. last year in the league. <laughs> I like to see my brothers come up, all right? This is a good way for Bakari to come up <laughs> here, here, all right? Go. All right. <laughs> Yo, I'm going to get a phone call about this or not. But he's a great father. And he, let me tell you, he takes care of his daughter in, in every type of way possible. So I, I couldn't ask for a better situation. Right. Why do you think, uh, we, we talked about this a little bit, but why is some of the conservative rhetoric starting to convert some liberals? You know, I, I think that, there, first of all, there's an opportunity over there. So if, for example, if DJ Envy wanted to go and reach the pinnacle of success, do you live in New Jersey or New York? Jersey. Jersey, and you wanted to run for office in Jersey, I mean, go be a Republican. We can put you in the state Senate right now. If really? you go up and say, you know, I'm from free thought and uh, small government and conservative ideas, and we'll get you a Make America Great hat. And, you know, we can give you <laughs> we can give you this lane of opportunity. Um, that's first and foremost. But African-American men are what I'm more concerned about. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of misogyny in our culture. Um, 100%. It's a lot of misogyny. There are people right now in our barbershops who tell you they didn't vote for Hillary Clinton because she's a woman. Mm. They didn't think a woman could be president. Um, there's a lot of ignorance, and we have to do a better job of educating ourselves. Um, and so we're beginning to do that, but there are there are cracks, and Democrats haven't done their job. Yeah, that's what I feel like, man. I feel like Democrats are so busy just blaming Republicans for everything instead of telling people what they actually want to do. Well, we, I mean, yes, we're all, we're the party of Donald Trump is this instead of telling people what we believe in. Yes. And so, you know, for me, I tell people <clears throat> my task is simple. Um, you know, my mother got diagnosed with leukemia while I was running for, uh, while I was running for, for lieutenant governor. And in Bamberg County, our hospital shut down. And one day my mom was walking in the house and she did something that older women or older people should not do. She was carrying grocery bags with both hands. 
And so she tripped and couldn't break her fall. Couldn't break her fall. And fell right on her mouth, busted her mouth all open. Now, mm. I'm a lawyer. My sister's a doctor. My brother is a is an exec, a sales exec. And so we were able to get a network together, get on the phone, have somebody go pick my mom up. And they had to drive her 30 to 45 minutes to the nearest hospital. Mm. Now, what if you didn't have that? You know, what if you're working two jobs at the Savannah Riverside? Or you only have, you know, one one person in your family who's working diligently. My mom was sitting on the steps just bloodied and bruised, teeth all out and all that type stuff. And so you realize that she didn't have access. And so what I want to do is create access for people, access to a quality education, you know, access to health care. They are 13-year-olds in this country, black kids, from Harlem all the way down to South Carolina who have never seen a dentist, right? That's absurd. That's not required in school? I thought that was required in school, no? Nah. Wow. Nah. Go see a dentist? I thought dentist and doctor. You does require, require. Not no dentist. Require. Not no dentist. Yeah, wow. Maybe the doctor, no. not dentist. Nah, I mean, you, fact, you, I thought eye doctor, dentist, and maybe not. No, that's that's called. Not, not where you're from. No, nah, not where we're from. <laughs> <laughs> nah, we know some of those dudes. That exactly. ain't, no, and so, you know, you got kids who still um, who still lunch at school. Mm-hmm. I know you grew up with some kids who still lunch at school so they can go back and feed their little brothers and sisters 100%. at night. So, I mean, we have real issues, and that's what Democrats need to be talking about, how we, how we destroy these systems of oppression. What do you think the best thing has been? What's the best thing about the Trump presidency so far? Oh, I, that we're talking about race in a very, very real way. You know, Donald Trump is a racist. Absolutely. Period. But Donald Trump doesn't bother me as much as the good people who still support Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at white evangelicals, for example, these people who thump the Bible, Franklin Graham, for example, mm-hmm. who will turn their nose to the bigotry, the xenophobia, all of those things that they claim to espouse on Sunday. But on Monday through Saturday, they want to make America great again. That bothers me. I'm trying to figure out where where that jives. And, and it's and it's troublesome. Without Donald Trump, we wouldn't be having these discussions about race. If Hillary Clinton was president, we wouldn't have we wouldn't be sitting here talking. We would be talking about criminal justice reform, but in a different way. Now mm-hmm. we're having a very visceral conversation because, you know, race is the race and genocide, uh, slavery and genocide are are the two original sins of the United States of America, and they've never been dealt with. What's next for Bacardi? Politics. I, I got to, yeah. I'm going to run for Congress one day soon. Hey. Wanna, whenever Jim Clyburn. Y'all want to hire Jim up here so he can <laughs> be, the, be the fourth member you know, of the good well, Jim going to die in that seat. God bless him. I mean that in the Jim, best way. All right. They, you won't be able to come home talking like that. <laughs> so, no, nah, I, nah, I love him. He, he's been a hero. I work for him. So whenever he, whenever he decides, I mean, I'm sure there'll be a lot of people running. I just want to be one of those people in the hat. But until then, just trying to be a voice every single day. Be a voice for the voiceless or a voice for the unheard. And tell them where they can find you. You got the podcast? I got the podcast, Viewpoint with Bakari Sellers. Instagram, man. I'm trying to get my Instagram up to where yours is and stuff, man. Tell them the Instagram name. It's Bakari Sellers. B-A-K-A-R-I Sellers. S-E-L-L-E-R-S. All right. Well, it's Bakari Sellers. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Thank you. The Breakfast Club. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlemagne the Guy. We are the Breakfast Club, and we got a special guest in the building. Benderella is here. <laughs> Cardi B. <laughs> Mama body. <laughs> Welcome and congratulations on everything. <laughs> album, platinum, records, gold album, and the baby. <laughs> what, what, what were you more excited about uh, re- dropping last week, the album or revealing the, the baby bump? What excited you more? Um, mostly the album, it was like more, uh, like a relief. The baby, the baby thing is, it was also a relief, but it's something that it was like nerve wracking, you know? Well, trying to hide it and stuff like that? Try to hide it. Not even just try to hide it. It's just like what people will say. I don't know why it makes me sensitive. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 yeah. It makes me too sensitive. Well, your hormones and stuff kicking in now. It's a different level when you're pregnant and all kind of stuff. Yeah. Like- yeah. 
hormones and chemicals and like all kind of stuff got your emotions out of whack. Did you a get sick the, the the first couple of months? Were you sick at all? Um, yeah. You got more than sickness and all that. Yeah, and you still do shows and still. Hell yeah. Mm-hmm. I think that's amazing that you were working as hard as you have been because you've been working harder than anybody that we've seen. Like a lot happening before this album comes out, and I'm like, damn, how is she doing all that? Because I could just imagine wanting to just be laid back and relax. Yeah, well, you know, um, I know a lot of people invested their time mm-hmm. and they schminish <laughs> <laughs> on me, mm-hmm. and it's like I just don't, I just don't want to disappoint anybody. I don't want to make anybody feel like it's like, damn. Mm-hmm. What the hell? And you know, a lot of people was was like telling me like, "What are you doing? What are you doing?" And it's just like, "Okay, I'm pregnant, but I have a game plan." And I just wanted to show people like, not the critics, like mostly people around me, like the people I work with. Like it's like, y'all gonna have a job still. Okay. Y'all gonna have a job. <laughs> That's a good Don't question. With, with everything going on in your career, did you ever think of not having the baby? Um. Or was it planned? I mean, it might have been planned. No, it wasn't planned. <laughs> it was planned. It was just one night. <laughs> it, was a, it, was, it was a good night. Like, I know exactly when it happened. You remember exactly when you got your club shot up? It, yeah, because that one night, <laughs> it had it had to be that night. <laughs> it had to be that night. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but 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 with everything, did you ever think of you know not having a baby? Um. Kinda, sort of, and then again, it's just like no, I just didn't want to deal with the whole abortion thing. I just didn't want to. The regret of it, probably. Yeah, I yeah, don't yeah. know. I just didn't want to, and it's just like you know what? I'm a grown woman. I'm 25 years old. I'm gonna say it in the most humblest way. I'm a millionaire. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know what I'm. You know what I'm saying? And um, I'm. Prepare for this. I love, what, I love what Remy Ma said though too, because it is true for women. We men have kids, continue with their career, nothing stops. And for women, it's so different. They try to act like, oh, if you have a baby, it's a height of everything. But it is proof that you can be pregnant, have a baby, and still be at the height of everything. Yeah, you know what? It just really um bothers me. And it disgusts me because I see a lot of women online like, oh, I feel sorry for you. Mm. Oh, your career is over. And it's like, why can't I have both? Like, as a woman, why can't right. I have both? Like, why do I got to choose a career or a baby? Like, why can't I have both? Yeah, I men want never both. have to choose. Well, those are the people that's rooting against you anyway, though. So they want to see you fail anyway. And you absolutely can. I mean, you're showing it now. You absolutely positively can. And, but it's not even people that, like, not rooting for me. Like, a lot of people around me was concerned. Like, it's like, I don't think it could happen. This never really happens. And it's like, I don't want to wait until I'm 30 something to have a kid. Like, I want I want my kid now. I want my kid now that I have energy and stuff. <laughs> I, feel like I, have, <laughs> I really feel like I have energy. I'm telling you, I think I have, what's that thing called? Scutteritis? Whatever, I'm, I'm getting it. I feel Already? it. Already? I feel it. My finger, I type too fast. Are you, are you taking the, nausea, the, the uh, medication, the pills, to, to not be nauseous? No. For real? No. So you don't get morning sickness and stuff? Yeah, but you know I got to thug it out. Thug <laughs> it out. Now, how did you tell Offset that you were pregnant? How did that conversation happen? Yo. <laughs> Mad baby emojis. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I'm scared. I think I'm up. No, he messed up. Yo, he messed up. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> you know, if I was a broke bitch or something, he messed up. Broke bitch and everything, but I'm good. We good. We good, we good, we good. How, he was happy, I'm sure, right? Mm-hmm. 
Right. I'm excited for you guys. I mean, I, I just love your success. We've seen the grind, and like we've seen it hands-on. So some people you don't get to see, but we've seen you grind, and people doubt, and you put the mixtapes out, and, and you came to my house to play your, your mixtape, and you did the teen parties to the 500 people see the, to the 1,000, to the 10. To, how does it feel to have an album out right now? Ooh, it feels like such a relief. You know, like around October, People, I was I, I was like, I'm about to release the album right now because I had like 15 songs in the stash and everything. Mm-hmm. And people was like, wait a minute, hold on. And it's like, hold on what? And it's like an album is really special. An album is something that you got to take your time on. You know, I just started the music business, the industry, whatever the crap. And I just didn't know the difference between like an album and a mixtape, like right. what, what's so important. And then it's just like, I feel like it, I was a little bit overdue when when it comes to the album, but it's just like I wasn't realizing that it's like I barely had time to go to a studio because I was being overbooked. Like it's like you want a eighty dashing for this show? Yeah, does. <laughs> Next thing you know, I'm booked for five shows in one week, and then it's just like so many magazines are presenting me opportunities. I'll be damned if I take it. So many opportunities that has been offered to me, and I just be damned if I take it. Next thing you know, it's just like oh crap. I gotta work on this album, and then it's like, it's like I can't wait for me. I can't wait for the summertime because it's like I'm I'm competing with time, mm-hmm. and I'm competing with my body. Right. What What I like about this album is that it feels like Cardi B. How much control did you take of this album? Because I know at one point Atlantic was trying to get you to do certain records that you didn't want to do, right? Uh, I ha- I have full control. Mm-hmm. I have full control. You know, a lot of people was presenting me hooks. A lot of people was presenting me B, and I was like, that sound about white, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> What was your favorite song on the album? It really depends because I don't know. I really like all of them because okay. they all gave me a vibe. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't even put it if I didn't like it. Mm-hmm. I like I like it like that. That's my favorite. I like, I like it, it too. Like oh, like it. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody, they tried to come at you last week about the ghostwriting thing, and I like how you owned it at your your album release party. What do you think about all that? My thing is that it's like you know, partisan. He's not a ghostwriter. Mm-hmm. He's a co-writer. You know, I credit him. I credit him on all the songs that he's been in. And I even gave him a shout-out in the iHeartRadio Award. And, um, you know, the Be Careful song, I, I heard the song. I was like, oh, I like this. It didn't even have a hug or nothing. I just like that verse thing. And I was like, yo, I want this song for me. Mm-hmm. I like what you're saying. I like um, the beat. And then we just we just worked on it. You know, I'm putting my people on. They make you money. Mm-hmm. I ain't paying my I ain't paying him off and hiding him. Right. He right there. He came to you with the Grammys and y'all been down with each other though. That's my guy. I love partisan. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he been knowing me sure. Shake my ass and shoes. <laughs> <laughs> now, now you... I ain't putting my people on. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Like and Atlantic noticed his working skills and noticed his music. They signed him too. Hey, oh, Partisan got some money. Partisan got signed in Atlanta. Yeah. You little sneaky uh, ass rapper. That's dope. <laughs> no, that's dope, man. That's dope. When did that happen? At <laughs> two, three months ago. Well, now they know. What's up? What's good? I know Kaiser was sniffing around him. I didn't know he actually did the deal. That's dope, though. Nah, that's Partisan dope. deserves he that. Partisan deserves that. Absolutely. Why you ain't signed him to your label? You should have started Body Gang Records. It's not that it's not that easy, damn. I can't even I can't even uh handle my own self. Imagine me handling another artist. Like I don't even <laughs> wanna promise people anything. Like I don't wanna promise people anything if I if I'm not sure that I could give them something. Mm-hmm. Cause I seen people be like, Yeah, sign this, sign that and they can't do anything for them. So it's like I'm not gonna play myself or play with somebody's dreams. 
How much of the songs on this album would you say is about your real life, like things that you're really doing? Like, are you still going through phones and doing all that? I don't even go through phones because I don't want to play with my own damn feelings. I feel you. <laughs> you don't That's go through a terrible no thing more. to do because you, they say when you look for something, something's gonna happen. Well, you know the way you... the way the the internet is nowadays, mm. you're gonna find out regardless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you gotta put pre- <laughs> you, you can't never stop going through the phone though. You just gotta let them know every now and then. I'm still here. Don't think it body changed at all. Okay. <laughs> well, you know, you know, like he, I just don't even want to play myself. I don't mm-hmm. even want to see something. I mean, it's not really the high because every single time that somebody texts him, you'll hear it, cling, 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 and you see it. <laughs> <laughs> you hear it. All right, we got more with Cardi B. When we come back, don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Cardi B's in the building. Charlamagne? Now, do you enjoy doing music, or is this just like a money play? I enjoy doing music. Lately, it's been a little... So, so, because I feel like people have made it something that is so hard to enjoy that people have made it for me like it's a job. Mm-hmm. At first it was fun. At first it was just doing music that I like. Now people have this pressure for me and people want to put me in these standards that I never asked for. I never call myself a, the greatest lyrical person. I never said that I'm this, this, and that. And people just expect so much from me. And this is like, don't expect too much from me because I'm going to give you Things that if I like, it's because I like. I'm not trying to be no crazy thing. It's just like nowadays it's like people is like, oh, yeah, but your record didn't hit top 10. I don't care. I think it was a good song. What's the problem? Like it's just gotten so overwhelming that it's just like now I got to think, think, think before I put out a song. And it's like I don't like to think. I don't like that pressure. Like that makes it a a job. And I don't want to feel like I'm doing a job. I want to feel like I'm having a good time. I told you that good... before, though. Don't overthink things. Like, you can't, like, Bodak Yellow and Bodak Yellow. You don't got to make another Bodak Yellow. I'm a Libra. But do you miss that intimate <laughs> intimate feeling because no one called you coming up? You were in the crowd. You were touching the kids. But now is you can't. There's no way you can do it now. Do you miss that at all? Being intimate with the people and touching them and jumping in the clubs and going to the crowd. Do you miss that? Uh, I do miss it. I do miss it. I do miss my privacy, I do miss a lot of things. Like, so many people, like, don't understand when I say, like, when I was a dancer, I was way much happier. Mm. And it's like, oh, well, then go back to strip club. I'm not trying to say that. What I'm trying to say is just, like, I I had, like, more of a normal life. I felt more free. I had less people judging me, less people telling me what to do. It's just, now it's just, like, I feel like I'm a... They don't pet in the zoo. Right. Mm. Just people looking all day long. Do you think the baby going to bring you some normalcy? I don't know. I, you know what? I have been working and thinking about album and thinking about what what I got to do next. That mm-hmm. it's like, I got to I gotta take my time to nest. Do we know if it's a boy or a girl yet? It's a girl. It's a gangster. It's a gangster. <laughs> it's a gangster. <laughs> Hennessy, slipped it, Hennessy slipped and said it last night oh. on social media when she was congratulating you. You know what I'm saying? Why, why you are though? You you want my registry? Cause I got two type of registries. You know, I got registry for the people that can afford certain things. You know what I'm saying? And then I got the registry for y'all. No, no the, y'all I want got the target money. one. I no, want the target one. We'll do a nice breakfast. Yeah, yeah, I want the target yeah, one. I know. Yeah, I know that y'all make money in this <laughs> in this radio yeah, station yeah, because this one. is the most syndicated one, whatever that man. <laughs> so. Yeah, on that budget, Amazon was parents. 
We got you. So, Cardi, career-wise, what has been most exciting for you so far? Would you say if you had to pick a moment that you were like, this was like the best day ever? Well, when when I when I did the whole Billboard number one thing, mm-hmm. that was really special for me. I couldn't I couldn't even imagine that I even hit number one. My goals was to get on the radio right. and get my things repeatedly mm-hmm. on the radio, and then you just hit number one. And then uh, seeing artists I looked up to or people that I never even think that they know me congratulating me, even even the album. Too, it's just crazy. Saw so Oprah listening to it. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it just it was really special. You know, like this month has been the most overwhelming month ever. I I felt like my world was ending or something. I was having meltdowns and everything. So with that, how are you handling the backlash you receive from social media? Does that make you handle it better? Does the love make you handle all the criticism you get better? Yes, because I don't know what it was. I just was feeling, damn, how how the hell I became the most hated person ever? Every single day, it was just a big backlash. If it's not about my relationship, it's um, blogs and damn paparazzi stalking me, trying to find out about my personal life, my Mm -hmm. pregnancy than people with the music and it's just like damn it's like people are never satisfied it's just driving me crazy like what else do y'all want from me and then all the positive love that i got from my album is just like okay i just need to chill mm-hmm. now how do you prepare for coachella you got coachella coming up yes how do you prepare for that well on wednesday i will be flying in mm-hmm. to la and we're gonna do 10 hour rehearsals to that Ooh. day whoa Damn. Mm-hmm. Are you fiending anything right now, food-wise? Is there something, like, you have to have? Like, my wife was into ice cream and Some strawberries. cravings. Is there any craving that you need? Like, I need this now. Chicken Caesar salad. <laughs> chicken Caesar <laughs> salad? That's not bad. <laughs> it's not that bad. Because <laughs> last time it was, it was hot cakes from McDonald's, so that's 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 better. I don't know. I haven't really beat... I don't really be eating like that. I, really? Mm-hmm. You know you got... You, you eating for, for two, two now. Yeah. You got to feed the baby. I don't know. I just don't feel, like, overly hungry or mm-hmm. anything. I feel normal. Are you scared to get plump in front of the cameras? That's what it is? No, no, no. I don't care about that. If I got to eat, if I'm hungry, I'm hungry. I don't know. I just, I guess I'm naturally skinny or I guess my appetite is just weird. Mm -hmm. Just like Envy's wife. She had five kids and she looks exactly the same. Yeah, she ain't ain't getting no weight. Well, I hope that's me. (laughs) (laughs) Have you decided how much time after you have the baby you're going to sit down and, and just focus on that? I'm hoping like... A month, three weeks. I don't think Cardi don't sit down. Don't, don't let them pressure you to get back out there now. I mean, it's not pressure. It's just like, I I don't know. I just got to wait and see because mm-hmm. I, I don't, I, I never done this before. You're going to have milk I coming out your teeth. You're going to be lactating. You can't just run back out there. Yes, I can't put a pad in there. You can put a pad right <laughs> there. You can't, you can't put a pad in there. I, put a pad. I can't see Cardi B sitting down. Put like, some panty liners in. You I don't see you sitting down. Like, I've never seen you sit down. Like, you always, you're a hustler. Like, I, I just don't see it. I see you popping that baby out and going on a tour, grabbing it in and going. Like, that's what I see. Um, I just feel extremely hungry for things, especially mm-hmm. because... I hate saying, I hate, I hate my mentality. I hate trying to prove people wrong. But it's like, I have to prove people that it's like, a baby won't stop me. Nothing right. has stopped me mm-hmm. before. People didn't even thought that I was going to get here. So how are you going to tell me when is it, when it's going to finish? And at the end of the day, it was Jesus. <laughs> you said the baby's yeah, right. motivating you too. Yeah, it you... is motivating mm-hmm. me. Because I just do not want to disappoint anybody. I just wish that I had a little bit more time for me to think for me, I didn't like that. People was just harassing me. I had a whole bunch of friends calling me like, is that, oh, I can't believe you ain't told me why I got to find out on the internet. 
you know, I was going to go to Atlantic, like, listen, y'all, I'm having a baby, but I got this whole plan, okay? This is what we're going to be doing every week. I didn't even have the chance to do that because they just called me like, hey, so we're hearing that you're pregnant. And it's just like something that is so precious and private to mm-hmm. me. I couldn't even keep it for myself. Right. And it's like, I feel like I have given everybody everything they ever wanted. I've been open. I've been doing videos with no makeup on, looking mad crusty. <laughs> it's like certain things y'all want from me that is like, can y'all just chill? Y'all nearly want to be in my damn gynecologist's damn appointment. Y'all want, <laughs> y'all want to see everything. Well, well, how do you know when to keep things to yourself? Because you have been so public for so long. I, I have kept so many things to myself. There's so many things about me that people don't know because I really do choose. As open as people think that I am, I really do choose on what I want to be there or not. Mm-hmm. Right. Now, a lot of people were pitching to you because they want to do a TV show with Cardi and Offset. Are you considering doing any of those things? I don't know because sometimes I'd be like, no, but then it's like when I see the money, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> there's a damn show bad. Are you, you say you're doing Coachella. Um, are you coming? You doing something with Beyonce at Coachella? No, I think we have different days. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Got you, got you. So I'm not even sure. Did y'all, did y'all do a song together? That was a rumor too. No. No, people, but, yeah, I'm saying, people just be making things up. People but that's just, supposed to happen? It was just an idea that people was just, like, you know when you hear a song and people be like, this will sound hot if, if this Beyonce. person is yeah, on yeah. it. And people just around you just be gassing things up. And it's just like, it ain't came out of my mouth, so. Right, gotcha. Lauren actually heard the Be Careful record, right? She listened mm-hmm. to it? Yes. You know, a lot of people was criticizing me when it came to the Be Careful record. And it was just like, I was just like, damn, why Why people don't like this song? I love this song. And then I was like, wait a minute. It don't matter what these people say. Lauren Hill approved this song. <laughs> if, if, if she didn't approve it, I would have to change so much from it. Right. And she approved it. And I heard she's very spiritual when it comes to her things. Mm-hmm. She and she approved it. And it's just like, I don't got to hear what people say. You spoke to her or she sent a message? She sent a message. Wow. How did it make you feel? It made me feel like, Super confident at the time. It made me feel super confident. Like, is that, oh, it's going to be a good record. That's, no, actually, proved it. that's actually somebody that would be, you could have a conversation with about being pregnant and stuff. Because when she got pregnant around the time when she was really popping yeah. off and they was telling her, get rid of the baby, you about to be a star, whatever, whatever. And she still had the baby. Yeah, well, I just don't like talking about it. I don't know what it is. I just, maybe it just makes me feel weird. Butterflies. Yeah, because you're a gangster. <laughs> so you don't want to feel sensitive and stuff. Yeah. I don't like when my mom touches me. You don't like when your mom touches yeah, you? Yeah, she wants to touch my stomach and everything. like, Mom, stop it. That's her grandbaby. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me feel weird. All right, we got more with Cardi B. When we come back, don't move. Matter of fact, let's get into a mini mix. Let's play some dope Cardi B joints. Your favorite Cardi B joints right now is The Breakfast Club. Good morning. That was a Cardi B mini mix. Morning, everybody. It's DJ NV, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the Guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Cardi B's in the building. Now, have you slowed down as far as clapping back? Because at one time, you would pull up in uh, in Uptown or the Bronx and, and still try to <laughs> f*** a bitch up. Have you calmed that down a little bit? Yeah, because <laughs> I ain't trying to kill my baby. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't trying to kill my baby. Anyway. No, you know what I'm saying? I just, I just got a couple of friends. <laughs> you got a couple of friends to handle that business now? <laughs> a couple of friends. You're crazy. You still got all that beef in the hood? Yes, because just because I, I'm famous doesn't mean I still don't like them. I, was, I still like you. <laughs> you ain't try to be the bigger person and just say, hey, it's all love. Let me bring y'all together. No, because 
I know you don't like me, and I'm never gonna like you. Like you, you have done stuff to me that is unforgivable. Mm. Now I see you also have the collab coming with Fashion Nova. Mm. That was a long time in the making. So you're actually designing your own line. Mm-hmm. What can we expect from a Cardi B line? Real clean, real stylish, real fashionable, not tacky. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> it's gonna be really popping. That's why we're taking our time, and. I'm I'm putting so many people on my stylist, my sister. You know she she's mm-hmm. like a fashion girl, pitching in ideas and everything. And it shall come out in the fall. That's good because they've been down with you for a long time. Mm-hmm. So I know that's big for Fashion Nova also. Yeah, and and you know um they got really good prices. I want things to be, for people that is like not that expensive and mm-hmm. everything. Mm-hmm. All these brands be trying to rob people. <laughs> I ain't gonna say nothing. <laughs> well, what's what's the next evolution of Cardi B? Because you came up in the script club, social media, did a little reality TV, now the music. What's the what's the next evolution of Cardi? You know what? I I really don't know because it's like I feel like damn, what what can I not do besides dance? <laughs> <laughs> I don't got that much rhythm, y'all. But you know what I'm saying? I got I'm getting so many um, deals mm-hmm. that I be telling myself like I I don't think I could do that, and people be like, oh yes, you can. And there's so many things that I, I told myself, like, I don't think I can do this, but I have done it. And it's just like, I think I could do it, especially for the right price. You don't, but you don't stick around doing things too long, though. Like, you stay in one thing for a little while and you move on to the next thing. So how long do you think you're going to rap? I, no, I think I'm going to rap for a hot minute. You okay. know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm going to rap until I like to, until I, nah, I like money forever. So it's just like, I think <laughs> I'm going to rap forever. You know what I'm saying? It's a... But she knows when to get in, get in and out. Because even with Love and Hip Hop, they were like, don't leave. You're getting too much. And he was like, I'm out. You know what? I never even thought about when am I going to leave. You know what I'm saying? I, I never really thought about that. I just want to do everything. Everything that could make me money, I'll do it. Mm-hmm. And everything that, that I develop a, a, a passion for, I keep doing it. I have a passion for music, and I'm going to keep doing it. A lot of people telling me acting, they want to get me into acting. I... Used to do a little shows in high school. I just don't feel like I'm too good at it now. Maybe if I start getting classes or something, mm-hmm. I'll be great in it. And I, I'll probably start doing that. I don't know. There's just feel like there's you so got many time. You got things. a lot to do. You, got, you still got to plan a baby shower. Mm-hmm. You still got to plan a wedding. That's patience job. You still got to go on. That's who? Patience, patience job. job. <laughs> you got a lot to do. When it comes to the things that, that I have planned for work, it's like I'm almost finished. But then it's just like, oh, my gosh, I do got to plan a baby shower. And it's like, oh, I do have to plan a wedding. But it's just like, it's hard to plan a wedding when it's just like we both working. Right. I'm about to go on a long tour. He's going to go on a long tour. And I'm knocked up, too. Like, I ain't trying to have a a wedding and not drink. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Go to a honeymoon and not have, like, unlimited pina coladas. (laughs) (laughs) I want to see Cardi when she has the baby because Cardi's so gangster. I want to see if Cardi cries well, that, she's, she, when that baby pops out. I she is, see. and she's going to poop on herself, too. That's the other thing. Yeah, because I keep hearing that you poop on yourself. Yes, you do. But that's cool, though, because me and my dude is close now. Oh, right. You're really you know close. You know what? So <laughs> He's going to have to deal with it. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to have to deal with it. <laughs> Clean it up. <laughs> now, now, when did you... I didn't know you sang. Like, I was wondering who was that on through your phone. And, and I saw you tweet that was you. I used to sing in high school. There's a video of me singing in high school. But I just don't feel like I'm super great in it. Mm-hmm. 
you know, and my voice have changed, you know what I'm saying? Smoking, screaming, shugging. Mm-hmm. It's just not the same. It's not as great anymore. But it's just like, why not give it a try? Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I used to win my challenge. Shows. I like it. I like, I like ballad-like <laughs> hip-hop songs, too. I like that there's like a nice balance of that. Because I don't feel like we have enough of those ballad type of hip-hop songs. Those are the type of songs that I haven't, I haven't really heard in a while. And I just wanted to bring that element. And it's just like, I feel like a lot of people think that I'm just this girl that don't have any type of feelings. Like, people just think I'm just some type of dog bitch or something. <laughs> so it's just like, nah, I got to show y'all a little sunshine. I don't want y'all to just think that I'm just not this person that care about things. So I just put it on my music, too. Yeah. How did how did Chance the Rapper collaboration come about? Cause that look when you see it, you're like, damn, Chance and Cardi. The song it just felt like it was Chance the Rapper. Like it's like, ah, I need this on my hood. Mm-hmm. I need a verse on him. And we reached out to him. He did a verse, and it's like, but can you please get on the hook though? Because this hook it just didn't sound good with me. Right. And he tweaked a lot of it. He was real busy. He was mm-hmm. in Australia, and he came right back, and he did it. And it's just like, me as an artist, knowing how busy mm-hmm. you can be, for him to take the time and do it, it's just like, I'm very grateful. Like, it's like, damn, Michelle Obama knows this kid. Mm-hmm. And he getting mm-hmm. on my record. Every artist, actually. Because it's like, I know how busy artists are. Mm-hmm. And I'm very grateful. And if they need a kidney, I'll find somebody to give it to them. Oh, I thought you were going to donate it. No, because you don't want my kidneys. You don't want my kidneys. I drink a lot of coffee and beer. What about Be Careful? Why'd you decide to sing that hook yourself? I, I don't consider it as like singing. Do you consider it as singing? Yeah. It's a little bit of singing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I didn't consider it as singing. I did it with my regular voice. The only man, baby, I adore. Like, I That's really, singing. Is that singing? Yeah. If you was in the shower, they'd be like, yo, you singing in the shower again, Cardi? When I sing in the shower, it's like, yeah, That's singing to me. That sounded good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That to me was singing. Like, like I wanted on the hook of that song to feel like if I'm talking to you. I, I wanted to feel like I was talking to the guy. I didn't mm. thought it was like singy-ish. Mm. Like, that's why when people was like, Oh, why you sing like that? It's like, I wasn't even trying to sing. Mm-hmm. I wanted to make it feel like an open letter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like I, I need love, talking. kind of. Like how LL did, I need love. Yeah. Or like, like wanting to make it feel a little... Am- Come on, Charlie. <laughs> <My wife. laughs> I'm sorry. You know what? It's a habit. How do you feel when you watch old interviews of yourself? Do you I mean, see the glow up that we see? Not on interviews. Mm-hmm. I'd be like, you know what? I did good. Whatever. Really good. When I see old videos of me, I'll be like, damn. <laughs> My teeth were f***ed up. <laughs> Is it amazing to you how many young women are so excited to be able to relate to the songs that you're putting out? Because a lot of girls are like, oh, I went through the same thing. Oh, you helped me get through a situation with my man. Like, those are the kind of comments that I'm seeing. Cardi's talking to me right now. This is so me. This means a lot to me. This album's helping me out through a lot in my life. Yeah, because that, that be the goal. Like, it's like, I know that people gonna like this song because they can relate to my song. Because my mom's favorite song on that on, on my album is Be Careful. Mm-hmm. Damn, she still scaring your pops with that? No, they, they're not together. Though. Oh, okay. <laughs> That's yeah. always been your MO, though. You always delivered a message. That's why I always rock with you on, even on your IG videos. Even though everybody says, oh, she's so ratchet, but she always saying something uplifting to kids. You know, I, I mean, sometimes I want to uplift. That's the thing. I just want to do different things that mm-hmm. I like at the time because something, sometimes I want to deliver a message 
And sometimes I just want you to party with Cardi. Like, right. <laughs> why do why'd you name the album Invasion of Privacy? It just came up uh, as a conversation because while I was doing the album, I felt like that's when my privacy was getting invaded the most. Like every single time that I look at the internet, there was a story about me. There was a story about my dude. It was just getting so ridiculous and so overwhelming that it's just like, why am I in this studio and people are making things or still talking about me? I feel like I'm going crazy. Like I was getting so overwhelmed. That is like, I feel like I have no privacy. Like, I really feel like I'm a damn monkey in the zoo that everybody's just watching me. And when they just not watching me, they just want to make something of me. When I really got, I really got upset when I damn saw somebody with a camera, a paparazzi in the bushes, like, bro. <laughs> Where, in L.A.? Or out here? In Miami. Wow. In mm. L.A., it was just like, no matter which hotel we stayed in, it was just like, boom, there. I couldn't believe it. But I that's couldn't. the price of fame, though. Yeah, you, that's you, the you level. can't pick and choose, you know what I mean? Sadly. Sadly, you know, and that's why I be telling people, like, everybody wants fame until you have it. All right, we got more with Cardi B when we come back. Matter of fact, we're going to push the rumors back a little bit, and Cardi B is going to come back, so don't move. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Usually we do rumors here, but Cardi B's here. Now, what about family members and, and friends? Has new family members popped up and new friends popped up? There's a lot of friends that I had to get rid of, mm -hmm. which really hurt my feelings and is really hard for me to deal with. And that's the thing, that people just don't be knowing things that really be hurting my feelings. And sometimes when it comes to my family, like, I get really sad because I just be feeling how certain, certain things of me affect them. Like, when people talk bad about me, mm -hmm. it affects my sister. I have so many friends that they so hood, and they just be, I can't take this. I'm so sad. I cannot see you like this. And those type of things, like, make me sad. Like, because it's like, I could take it, but a lot of people around me can't take it. They just cannot take me. Well, they know you, and they know who you are. Mm -hmm. So when they hear people talk about something that's not true, it bothers the right. out of them, I'm sure. Yes. And they can't defend me like they usually can They want to go me. cut somebody with a razor, but they can't do it because they know they'll get charges and it'll reflect off you. They can't handle it the yes. Bronx way. And so, also, clapping back brings more attention to certain things that don't need to have attention brought to it. So if your friends start going in on people, m nobody would have ever seen that until the back and forth happens. Yes, it's just, it's so crazy how people be wanting you to say something about yeah. certain situations. And then when you say something, they eat you up even more. Mm -hmm. It's just like, do them if you do, do them if you don't. So mm -hmm. I just be like, you know what, I'm just going to keep things more to myself because I just can't. These people are crazy. Mm -hmm. How do you know when to, to cut friends off? Um, little by little, I find out, I'm, I'm finding out. I, I just see people that are just being disloyal. Mm -hmm. I feel like some people just want to be around when it's beneficial for them. Um, when people just brag or use my name for certain things, it's just like, you got to go. Or when you just get caught talking crazy about me, you got to go. Now, do people, a lot of people, especially family, because I know this happens a lot, asking for money now. Oh, yeah, but it, it always been like that. Oh, okay. It always <laughs> been like that, you know what I'm saying? Even when you was in the script club? Hell, yeah. She was making shmoney in there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But, you know, it, now it's just higher. What they ask for <laughs> yeah, is higher. Yeah, more that, money. That's for a car now, a house. What they ask for is higher, but it's just like, I can't say no. Like, it's just mm. hard for me to say no. One thing I really appreciated that you talked about was having been a stripper and women in the strip clubs or video vixens, how sometimes 
if people, if they were to say what things guys have done to them, like pull out their d you know, for a magazine cover shoot, and you said people would judge them if they complained about it and said, oh, this guy did this to me, this guy did that, and people would be like, well, you a hoe, so what does it matter? But the truth is that all women deserve respect. That's the thing, like, it's like, oh, well, how you deserve respect when you're not respecting yourself, you're showing your body, this and that, because I'm showing my body doesn't mean that I want to get touched when I don't want to get touched. Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean that you, like, some women, a lot of women think, like, for example, me when I was 19 and I used to be in the train stations and I used to see these girls with red bottoms in the magazines, it's like, wow, I wonder how much money they're making. They're probably making, like, 10000 just to be in the cover of this magazine. Mm -hmm. A lot of young women think that certain jobs is a big opportunity for them. And it sucks when you're trying to get that big opportunity and there's people in the way like, oh, you want to be in this magazine? And they pull out their penis. Some girls <laughs> are very young and naive. Mm -hmm. When I was 19, I wasn't, I wasn't sleeping with people. I wasn't doing none of that. And there's just so many people like, you want to be in this cover? Oh, you want to be in this music video? And it'd be directors, photographers. And it's just, it's so crazy. And if, and if some girl will say something like in the urban world, they will say it doesn't matter because you're a hoe. Right. Well, you don't respect yourself because you half naked and this, this, and that. It doesn't matter. Like, why is it that you got to harass me to do something that I don't want to do for something that they feel like it's an opportunity? Mm -hmm. Have they tried you now? Has anybody in the music industry tried you? No, nobody has tried me. Nobody trying that. No, mm -hmm. not at all. <laughs> but it's just like. But it's good that you could speak up for people because that is true. People uh, automatically assume, oh, just because you work in a strip club, that means I could do anything to you or touch you any way I want. And you still can't do that to anybody. That's still somebody's personal decision and it's unprofessional. Yes. And people just don't understand. Like, it's like you could be a good looking girl. You want to be in this video and everything. But you're not presenting yourself to the person like, hey, I want to be in this music video. What's up? You're not presenting yourself like that. You just go. There's this audition for these. You're trying to book a job. Yeah, you're trying to book a job like there's really audition for music videos and everything. And then it's like there's always that one person that try to sell a dream to this girls. And I'm not the only, I'm not, I'm not even talking to myself. I'm talking for a lot of girls because mm -hmm. mm. I've been there, done that. And that's why I was like, no, this is not for me. Are you regretting letting people know you was pregnant since um, Saturday? You're free. I feel free. People were going to find out anyways. My body's changing and I have so much work to do. If I could have chose a different way, I wouldn't even let anybody know because I don't want to hear people's opinions and I don't want people to make me feel like a blessing should be a regret. Mm. I don't want the negative energy on my my baby. I yeah. and so so when the baby gets here, are you going to post it? Because you know people going to have all types of things to say about your baby. I don't think I'm going to post it for a hot minute because, you know, first of all, babies will come out looking weird. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> all babies are cute. That's what I said. No, but the beginning. They look a little crazy sometimes. They look a little weird. They look like a shaved cat. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> so, you know what I'm saying? And my second, goodness. it's just like I got to mentally prepare myself first. Right. Like, that's why I stopped posting a lot of my family members. I, I have to mentally prepare myself for that moment. But we're happy and we are super yeah, duper excited. Yeah, we're very Congratulations on everything, on all your success, the singles, multi-platinum, the album gold already in a day. I'm putting out a nice, cohesive album and feel like all the songs are singles. Absolutely. Yeah. It took time for me to do each and every song. 
You know, I have a strong accent, and I don't care what nobody say. I'm going to talk how I talk forever. I don't want to change it. I don't want no class. I don't want no speech class. I don't want nothing. Mm-hmm. But um, when it comes to my music, I don't want to hear it in my music. So I do things over and over and over and over again. Sometimes I feel like I'm not flowing right. So one song, I could spend about three days in the studio just doing that one song. Like, be careful. took me a hot minute to do. And it just all came out nice. People had to mix each song like three, four times. The feedback had been great. I can't even believe. Like, first, I'm really happy that the fans and the DJs like it. Because mm-hmm. these are going to tell you if they suck or not. And you projected to sell 200,000? Oh, I got I to gotta find out the numbers today. I don't know mm-hmm. what the numbers are. And you want to know something? I'm really new at this whole music thing. I'm little by little trying to find out what it works. I don't know what's good numbers for a whole one week. I don't know what's good this, what's good that. I'm l- learning mm-hmm. little by little. Well, the album already gold and you sold 200,000. That's great. That's, that's amazing. Like, I don't know how much I sold. Yeah, we don't know the number. We don't yet. know oh, the numbers. Yeah. Projected. projected. Yeah, 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 yeah. It could be more than that. doesn't matter. You put together a great project. You, did. And you, should, be, you should be you proud of yourself. Regardless. And just stay humble. How, how is Cardi staying humble right now? Well, um, I mean, I'm just, I'm just, I, I don't know. I haven't really changed much. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. Like, Cardi B, we Cardi appreciate B, you for joining man. us. Happy for you. Happy for all and your it, success. Invasion of Privacy is out right now. Yes. Go get it. And thank you for coming through and joining us. And thanks for breakfast. Oh, yeah. Well, you know what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It's The Breakfast Club. It's Cardi B. The Breakfast Club. Just don't be a donkey. Because right now you want some real donkey it's time for donkey of the day. So if you ever feel I need to be a donkey, man, <laughs> hit me with the heat. Did she get donkey in the day? Please tell me. I have become donkey of the day. It's the breakfast club, bitches. You're a donkey. Yes, donkey of the day goes to this young lady named Delaney from Alabama. Salute to everyone who listens to us in Birmingham on 104.1 The Beat and in Mobile on 100.3 The Beat. Kendrick Lamar, uh, a young man who I consider the leader of the new school for this generation, was performing at the Hangout Festival in Alabama, and he decided to bring this young Caucasian Delaney on stage to do a little trap karaoke. Now, Kendrick's first album, Good Kid, Mad City, features a very tough tune called Mad City. Now, Delaney, I don't know how old she is, but if I had to guess, I would say late, late 90s or early 2000s, because only a white person born in the late 90s, I'm talking 98 or 99, or early 2000s, would fall for the trap that Kendrick Lamar laid out. I am absolutely positive that white people of a certain age know they can't say the N-word in any context. Mm -hmm. That has to be a universal white law for every white person who's not a racist or a bigot, right? I mean, if you're a racist or a bigot, then the N-word is life. But if you're a white ally, you would never want to offend the black people you ride for, right? Well, when you're younger, you don't see things that way simply because you only know the N-word because your favorite black artist uses it all the time and your favorite black personalities use it all the time and your favorite black athletes use it all the time. It's in the music that you purchase. So I understand how for a youngin', you know, the use of the N-word can be confusing. Now, Kendrick brought this white woman on stage and had her sing Mad City. Let's be clear. This song, Mad City, has the N-word in it 21 times. (laughs) You know how I know? Because I had our producer Daniel count it, okay? It's four N-words in the hook alone. Let's listen to the audio and see how Delaney handled this Fear Factor challenge. What's up, bro? What's up? 
kind of knew the rules a little bit. Well, it's just really cool, bro. You have to work. You gotta bleep one single word, though. Oh, I'm sorry. Did I do it? Yeah, you did. I'm so sorry. Oh my god. Should she stay up here, y'all? I laughed at this so much yesterday because I could hear the confusion in her throat. Okay, I could feel how warm she probably felt on that stage. Neck started to get hot. Okay, what you witnessed in that video was the Snickers Want to Get Away commercial filmed live. Okay, it's like Delaney. You have to understand the climate we are in. And you have to understand that no matter how cool you think you are as a Caucasian, you will never be cool enough to use the N-word in any context. Even if you are reciting the music from your favorite rapper. Now, I'm not going to act like I'm not conflicted by this, though, because I've seen Kendrick Lamar concerts before. And I've seen a whole crowd of white people singing along to these records. And I've never seen them stop the song to address the crowd and tell the white folks not to do it. And if you you know you have the n-word in your song why bring a white person on stage to sing it okay especially a song that got the n-word in it 21 times four times in the hook now i'm glad kendrick did that because it bought me a lot of joy as far as getting a great laugh out of it but nah bro now the reason delaney is getting donkey today is because she did know better okay the reason she knew better is because when kendrick corrected her she acknowledged her mistake let's hear it you got it I I don't know secrets, all gather long They probably got me down by the end of the song Seems like the whole city go against me Every time I'm in the streets, I get It's not hard. See, not only did she know the world was wrong, she edited herself, okay? She knew exactly where those N-words landed in order to edit herself, okay? It's, what happened the first time was she forgot she wasn't in her car by herself. She forgot she wasn't in her house, in her room with her friends. That stage was not your usual safe space, Delaney. Now, I don't care what you white people do in the privacy of your own home, but I encourage you not to. The reason I encourage you not to is because you shouldn't practice bad habits, Okay, saying the N-word is a bad habit. And when you practice bad habits, you run the risk of making the mistake that Delaney just made. Please give Delaney the sweet sounds of the Hamiltons. Oh, now you are the donkey mm. of the day. Ooh, you are the donkey of the day. Even though this young lady is wrong, we do have to start holding some of these artists accountable. Right. And the reason I say that is because we don't want white people saying the N-word. And let's stop giving them reasons to use the N-word, okay? F that E-R-G-A thing, okay? F the context, okay? If you can make young white kids call us something, make them call us gods, kings, queens. Why the N-word still? Yeah, right. I'm sure a lot of people watch that video and with and artists in particular and will probably like, maybe I should ease up on that. Well, the yeah. thing is, the thing is, if you're an artist and these kids are fans and they buy your music, they stream it, they follow you, they, they know sing along every to lyric, it, and they sing every, they <laughs> sing along to it. They don't think there's anything wrong with it because, like you said, they think it's a difference between an ER. And an a. They don't even know that. All they know is that the context their favorite artist is using it in is usually in a flattering context. So okay? is she wrong because she's following her favorite artist? She's, she's rapping in she, her lyrics and she's not using it in a nasty, negative way. She's she, using it like Kendrick. She's wrong it. because she acknowledged she was wrong. Because she actually looked at Kendrick and said, did I say it? She didn't even realize that it came out of her mouth because she's so used to practicing bad habits. Like, I didn't realize I burped just now. But I kept going. Ew. You know what I'm saying? So I think that artists should have more accountability when it comes to just letting the N-word fly in their music. All right, well, let's open up the can phone you, lines. Can you, if, if I pay for a song, am I purchasing the right to say the N-word? 
Huh? I, I paid $1.99 for YG, my, my nigga. Okay. So you should be, you should, yeah, you should be able to sing it. If you if you bought the dirty version, you should be able to say it. All right, right? now. No. No? <laughs> no. I mean, you can. Listen, it's a fair factor challenge. You do what you want to do. You got to suffer the you're consequences right. of that action. You're right. 800-585-1051. Who's at fault in this situation, right? Is it Kendrick Lamar Is it or is it Delaney? All right, 800-585-1051. Is it Kendrick's at fault? I mean, he brought up on stage. He said the N-word. Yeah, you did pick the the clearly the whitest white girl in all of Alabama. To I'm come sure there the was a black the person out there somewhere. You could have found one Negro in the crowd, Kendrick. Or maybe not. Maybe not. All right, but 800-585-1051. Who was wrong? Who's at fault? Kendrick or Delaney? Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just join us, Charlamagne gave a young lady, a young white girl from Alabama donkey today. Yeah, her name was Delaney. Uh-huh. Uh, the reason Delaney got donkey today is because Kendrick Lamar bought her on stage to sing Mad City. Mad City has the N-word in it 21 times, four times in the hook. Let's hear it. Now, the reason she has to get donkey today is because she acknowledged that the word was wrong and she couldn't even believe that it slipped out of her mouth. She even asked Kendrick, did I say it? And then when she redid it the second time, she edited the N-word perfectly. So she understands that that's not a word that she should be letting fly in a public but public place like maybe that. Maybe she thought it was okay because she was just reciting lyrics. She was of her trying to be like rapper. Kendrick. This is her shot. Exactly. And she tried to get up there, and she seemed a little drunk too, and she just probably just lost her mind. So let's let's open up the phone lines. Eight hundred five eight five one zero five one. Who's at fault? Is it Kendrick or Delaney? Now, um, yeah, who do you think? Well, first of all, she should know better, but clearly she didn't. Should she though? Yeah, she should. I mean. All you got to do is if you have social media, you watch the news, you know people who are black. Maybe she doesn't have any but of those then, things. Maybe she knows somebody that's black and she uses around her black friends. Because afterwards she was able to censor herself and with no problem. Right. But she's buying Kendrick's song and she's reciting these lyrics like... A dollar ninety nine is enough. That's you paying, paying to say the N-word? Yeah. Is that what you're saying? See, <laughs> I look at it like if you don't want people saying the N-word, then, then don't say it. Because your fans, your fans are going to follow you regardless. Yeah, especially in your art. You right. know what I'm saying? I feel like artists should be be held a little bit more accountable. If we don't want white people saying the N-word, then let's stop giving them reasons to use the N-word, okay? Like, we can, if we can make young white kids call us something, make them call us gods. He might have to get some type of disclaimer first, like, when he brings people up. All right, now we have <laughs> some incidents. But don't it's, not even only, t- it's not even on stage, though. He does it, you know, when people buy the songs, and, and that's what they do, you know? I just think we don't realize how much we're hypocrites and how much we contradict ourselves mm-hmm. because if we say things like the N-word is okay now and we've changed the context of it, shouldn't that mean that it's changed for everybody? You can't still get upset when you hear a white person say it if the context of the word has changed. Well, let's go to the phone line. Hello, who's this? This is Kiki. Kiki, who do you think was at fault? Kendrick or uh, the young lady, Delaney? Definitely Kendrick. Why? Definitely. Because you got 
See, you just did it too. In your song, all through the song, over 20 times in your song, how can she... How could she not say it? You should have pulled a black person on the stage. Or if it was even one black person on the, I mean, on the audience, you should have pulled that one black person. Don't pull a white person up there well, well, and get mad when they say it. Well, okay. she did edit herself the second time, though. Yeah, she, okay, hello. Nobody's stupid. You know when to edit the song. It don't matter if, it, if the word was the N-word or if the word was the B-word. You know when to, when to edit it. You so know why, when she when didn't do that from the be- why she didn't do that from the beginning, then? Because she... she That's right. on saying the n-word all i gotta do is buy a song and buy a, a concert ticket hello wow. who's this sherry hey sherry who was wrong kendrick or delaney delaney why you say that because um a lot of caucasian people know what they're not supposed to say and they use that excuse of oh well it was in the song and oh well i was just saying it and it was a slip of the tongue nah we're old enough, and we already know this has been going on for years. You shouldn't say certain things, and she should have known better. All right. Thank you, Mama. 800-585-1051. We're talking. Kendrick Lamar brought a white girl on stage to do his song, and she said the N-word. Who is wrong? Who's at fault? Kendrick or the young lady Delaney? Call us now. It's The Breakfast Club. Good morning. Morning, everybody. It's DJ Envy, Angela Yee, Charlamagne the guy. We are The Breakfast Club. Now, if you just joined us. Charlemagne gave this young woman from Alabama donkey of the day. Now, Charlemagne, why'd you give a donkey today? Yes, Delaney. Delaney got donkey today because uh, Kendrick Lamar bought her on stage to perform Mad City. Mad City is a song off his first album that has the N-word in it 21 times, mm-hmm. has it four times in the hook. Let's hear it. <laughs> Now, the reason I had to give her a donkey is because she acknowledged that the word was wrong. She didn't even know that the word slipped out of her mouth. And when she performed it the second time, she edited herself perfectly. She forgot that that stage was not a safe space. She realized she wasn't at home, in her room. She realized she wasn't in her car, but she realized it a little too late. But the problem is, is, is if I'm a fan of you and I buy all your music and purchase all your music, I'm going to sing the lyrics exactly like you do. I'm not thinking about, well, I got to censor myself. Who might be watching? Especially if I'm in Alabama and the crowd probably look just like me. Bro, I'm with you. Until they started booing. I'm with you. And that that, that was interesting to me, too, because I've seen Kendrick Lamar concerts where white people have all been chanting the N-word mm-hmm. and he's never stopped the crowd to be like, yo, y'all can't do that. But so he did I, stop the girl on stage standing next to him with the mic. I think it was because from the, I think the reaction of the, the crowd. crowd. Right. I don't think Kendrick would have stopped her if the crowd didn't react in a, in a, in a, in a, in a wild way. But... Once again, this is just another example of why the N-word will never be a positive word, and I don't know why we keep trying to make it that. Because if it was such a positive word and the context has been changed all across the board, we wouldn't care who uses it. Well, let's go to the phone lines. Nicole, good morning. Hey. Hey, who was that for? Was it Kendrick or was it the young lady Delaney? To be honest with you, I really feel like he was dead wrong. Um, Why? Because if it was me, if it was me, and I was a Caucasian... And you, you laughing at the mere thought. As, <laughs> and, 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 and I'm on stage, and you invite me on stage as a 
you know, I'm a dedicated fan. Like, I love you. Mm-hmm. I'm You invite me on stage, and that's just one of the moments of my life. And you didn't tell me a before time that if I <laughs> said the word, you know the word, the N-word. The N-word. That you, you, you know, if you were going to invite me on stage and ask me to recite your song, sing it. Just letting you know that I'm a dedicated fan because I'm going to say every word for word for word. So, listen, we in Charleston, right? We in the 843. A white girl come on stage. She starts singing Mr. Taylor. I'll shoot that girl right now. Taylor's so real, you know where you're going for Charlamagne. Come on now. He's a go-get mad at her. He's a guy's hard killer. Mr. Taylor fan. But since you're plugging people now, don't forget my son is back on the track. Go check him out on Facebook and on Twitter and on Instagram. You know I got to plug my baby now. I ain't mad at you. Plug your baby. 843-all-day. Salute to my guy, Mr. Taylor, man. My goodness. Hello? Hello? Hey, who's this? Hi, this is Myra. Hey, Myra. What did you think about uh, Kendrick? Was Kendrick at fault or the young lady Delaney? was at fault because we are so caught up in black and white and we're turning it always racism and sometimes it is true white people do think they're just cool and Kendrick knew that his song had the n-word in it so he knew that she was going to go along with the process and I think that she was just more so being genuine with her song rather than trying to call us out of our name and degrade us. That's oh, no, no, no. I, no I don't think she was being racist at all. That's never. That's not even a conversation. I don't think she was being racist at all. That's not okay. even the point. It's just the point of a white woman, a white person. You gave, her, you gave her donkey of the day, and of course she's white, but Kendrick should have never let her say the song, so right. he should have gotten donkey well, well, of the day. Well, I, I, the reason I gave her donkey is because she acknowledged that the word was wrong, and she even said to Kendrick, oh, my God, did I say it? So she knew that the word was wrong. If she didn't only know the because, word was wrong... Only because, only because he stopped her. He uh, tried to portray that image, like, don't be saying that. So that's why, but if the crowd would have went along with it, he would have went along with it, she wouldn't have thought she was at wrong, uh, fault because she was having a good time with I agree with that. I agree with you on that. I do All agree right. with that. I feel like if the crowd had, if the crowd had went along with it, I think he'd have kept going, too. All right, baby. Well, thank you. All right, what's the moral of the story? Uh, the moral of the story is, man, we do have to start holding some of these artists accountable. If we don't want white people saying the N-word, then let's stop giving them reasons to use the N-word, okay? If we're going to make young white kids call us something, make them call us what we are, which is gods, kings, and queens, goddammit. All right, so call me a king. Nah, you too beige to ever be called a king. Ain't no light-skinned people in Wakanda. I don't know if you noticed that or not. You Did you notice that? There was no waffle-colored no, Negroes in Wakanda well, then call at all. A queen. Shut up. <laughs> Ain't no light-skinned queens in Wakanda either, bro. <laughs> you know what? That'd be dope if they got a brown paper bag test to get into Wakanda. Yo, get out of here, man. <laughs> you, get out of here. That would be so dope. No wouldn't, man.